You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're scratching the itch to talk about blood. Royal, Royal blood. blood. <laughs> yes. It is, it is the highest caliber of blood, I guess, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty high caliber of band. And they just released a new album, so here we are. Coming from England, yeah, I think Royal Blood is as high as, you know, the best blood you can get there, right? I don't know. <laughs> It certainly is quite revered, and so is this band. Yes. I remember even back to last year when we were talking to Arya, and he, we asked him about who he would consider like the biggest bands in the UK, and Royal Blood was one of the ones he mentioned. Um, not that it wasn't obvious to anybody who's listened to rock radio for the past six years or something, <laughs> <Yeah>. but... <laughs> I mean, they they kind of hit the ground running when they since they've debuted back in 2014, uh, three albums now and huge, huge amount of success with every single album. Uh, I, I still think my favorite's probably their second album, which we'll get into a little bit more. But um, just kind of give you a little bit of background on this this band. They are a two piece band, uh, but unlike most two piece bands, it's a drummer and a bass player, um, which that's one thing I, I truly, truly like about this band is that he does some amazing things with his bass um, and the distortion and the way that he makes it sound. It just works. Yeah, it blows my mind. It's this is a band that has riffs for days, but has no guitar. Yeah. Like, yeah. figure that out. <laughs> yeah, they said that he basically uses various effect pedals and multiple amps to make his bass guitar sound like a standard electric guitar and bass at the same time. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's definitely perfected his art. He's one of the best at it. There's no doubt. That's the thing that with two piece bands is it's it's really hard to have that full sound. But the way that he does that with his guitar or sorry, bass guitar, it, it makes it sound like a full sound for just having two yeah. artists in the band. I feel like it's becoming a more common setup. I don't know. It feels like it's a thing that happens among those kind of like blues rock, garage rocky kind of like I remember far back. You got like the White Stripes was a two person band. And then and you've got the Black Keys, um, who are not entirely different from these guys that kind of do a similar thing. Middle class rut. Middle class rut. Also a, a two person one. Local H, one of my favorites. I'm actually not positive. At this point, Chevelle is yeah. technically a two person <laughs> band. Now, whether yes, they are, <laughs> whether they have a full backing band whenever they're back performing live. I don't know yet. Yeah. But, uh, but these other bands that we're mentioning are deliberately two people. It's just, I, I'm blown away that they can make these kind of sounds without having a guitar in this band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, their debut album was released back in 2014 titled Royal blood, obviously. Uh, and you might know there's a lot of tracks that they debuted off of this. A lot, a lot of singles they had five total, but the biggest one I remember and that most everybody probably would remember is a song called little monster. Yeah. Um, which was a fantastic, it is a fantastic song. Little monster. I would say was their breakout hit that and out of the black, both in the UK and the U S they've, they've been huge in the UK. They, if their albums have, have gone silver, which these days is a big deal. Yeah. Especially in a, in a nation that has, fewer people than the u.s and then in the u.s they've had a number of mainstream rock uh number ones as well little monster was the first of those yeah and then 2017 they released an album called how did we get so dark and this is when i became a fan of them this album was fantastic mm -hmm. i 
I, I love this. I still do. I mean, it's one of my favorite albums in, uh, of that year. Um, and I think it made it fairly high on our countdown, to be honest. I, top 10, if I had to guess. Yeah, I don't remember the exact number, but it was it was pretty high, if I remember correctly. I just remember hearing that first single off it lights out. And I was just like, this this is, you know, yep. it's kind of my jam right here. Like, <laughs> And then yep. I got the album. And my favorite track on that whole album is Hook, Line, and Sinker. And uh-huh. it's, it's, it is just the whole album is really good. But just that track, like it, it, it hooked, line and sunk me. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I was about to say that this is a band that is really good at picking their singles. And I'm going to say that that's still true. Yeah. If you look at their their mm-hmm. releases, I would say that like the best tracks from each album are always the ones that come first. But the band is also so good at writing hooks yeah. and riffs that it's almost they almost couldn't go wrong. Yeah, there's not very many songs that I'd be like, that's a terrible choice for radio. It's just that they happen to, right? you know, I think really pick the strongest of the strong. So they set the bar high with those first two albums, and then they've recently released their third album called Typhoons. Yes. So this is an album that's been in the work for a couple of years now. Uh, Boilermaker actually debuted back in the summer of 2019 in their live concerts. Uh, as well as another track, King, that ended up as a track on the deluxe editions, if you so choose to find them. And so ever since then, they kept chugging away, worked through the pandemic. And then last September, Troubles Coming came out. And both of those tracks are killers. Yeah, that track was about six months too late. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Troubles here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny story real quick. Uh, side note about this. So we're listening to this this song on the on the way home from work, or uh, on the way home from uh, preschool yesterday. And my son, three year old Jacoby, he's like, "What's the name of this song, Daddy?" I said, "Trouble's coming." He's like, "What's that mean?" I, it means that you're home. He's like, "What's that? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean? It's your official theme song, son." Yes. <laughs> yes. He, he didn't quite get it, but uh, no this this single was 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 great. Um, the first time that I heard it back in September, it got me super excited. And one of the, you know, I love when, when they release singles early like that, but then at the same time, I hate it because it's like, now I got to wait six freaking months just to right. hear this damn yeah, album. Actually, right. it was, it was uh, eight months, eight months. Yeah. It was four months before the next single. Yeah. Um, which is, I've seen a lot of bands lately that when they start releasing those promotional singles before the album comes out, they'll release like four in like two months like right they're really getting rapid fire lately mm-hmm. these guys did the opposite they threw out troubles coming in september typhoons in january and then limbo in march and taking their time which i will say real quick because you had just mentioned that they were really good at choosing their singles i question limbo that one yeah uh, that one's really weird but they did make a video for boilermaker so technically wouldn't that be their next single yeah <laughs> I'm confused. They've made videos for for all four of those songs. Oh, okay. Can yeah. I note? And I think Casey might might have some more to say about their videos. I want to hear. But uh, <laughs> the the Boilermaker video was uh, starred and directed by Liam Lynch. Yeah. Who, okay. Yes, the man, yeah. <laughs> the man famous, most famous for the United States of whatever in 2003, which remains <laughs> a fantastic song. <laughs> that that man has done some different things. <laughs> different things is right. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those dudes who that's the thing that he's often known for, but he's done a whole bunch of other stuff as well. And so yeah. it's kind of like 
it was like pigeonholed is that like right hit wonder kind of guy i don't know yeah nonetheless those videos yeah <laughs> well yeah there's there's multiple videos in royal blood's past where they either a have a lot of uh, bunny rabbits in the videos <laughs> or b people are getting shot in the videos <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> i don't like where this is going yeah <laughs> But they're they're very entertaining, uh, to say the least. But Boilermaker, it's basically just a dude dancing around with like jazz hands the entire video. <laughs> <laughs> but then their yeah, heads their heads change over and over and over. There's a <laughs> there's a cocktail shaker, as he mentions in the song. There's <laughs> there's shaker. there's bunnies. There's a wrestling mask. There's. A <laughs> So I gotta ask, um, is is the bunny is the whole like bunny and guns thing? Is that just for the tracks from this album, or no. is that going back to their previous that, albums? That's going it's back just a, a motif. It's going back to all of their albums. <laughs> that's weird. And now I need to watch these. You guys are the music video experts. I I rarely watch videos yeah. anymore, but that that's inspiring. I'm gonna, ch- <laughs> I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> it's interesting. So I want to I want to throw this because I like. Uh, fantasy booking as it were so dan use let's presume let's presume boilermaker is the next single and and not limbo would you have a selection for single number four from yeah, this million, album million and one million yeah, and one uh, all right yeah agreed oh, yeah by far agreed yeah. fair enough yeah i didn't even have to think about that one honestly million and one probably would have been my third single uh yeah. boilermaker is great it's just i don't boilermaker it's it's almost too catchy <laughs> like <laughs> It's, yeah. it's one of those things that like gets stuck in your head. And you're like, God damn, I can't stop thinking of this song. <laughs> well, there, there's one thing I wanted to bring up about this album, Typhoons. So their previous two albums, they were more on the riff side. But this one, if you were to take a dial and you have one side of the dial be more riff and the other side of the dial be more dancey and electronic, this is a couple of notches turned to the dancey electronic end of the spectrum and not that that's a bad thing because that's the way music is kind of shifting nowadays but if that's the direction that this band is going entirely i don't know if i enjoy that as much (laughs) yeah Hmm. i kind of agree i hope that this is just kind of an i I wouldn't say experiment but like just a a different sounding album yeah um and that they kind of just to continue to evolve their sound as they go on but yeah, I definitely agree with you. It is a lot of dance beats um, and there's some good guitar riffs. But one of the things I do like about this that I didn't necessarily hear as much of previously is the harmonies. Like there's really good harmonies in this right. album between the two of them. And that's that's really hard to do considering there's just two people and they're always playing an instrument. So to have the harmonies that they do while playing the instruments, it's, it's just super impressive to me. And for me, there there's quite a few tracks that are kind of along that finger 11 paralyzer uh, uh sound so it kind of it kind of got a little boring throughout throughout listening to the whole thing because there's multiple songs that sound like that <laughs> it's it's really funny that you mention it because when i was sharing it with my wife uh who's a huge finger 11 fan she said well, I, I just don't like this it's too like disco rock and i'm like <laughs> well you 
you like finger 11, which is like disco metal. And she's like, well, maybe it's the difference between the metal disco metal and disco rock, but I don't like this. I was like, okay, whatever. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, it sounds like kind of the same thing to me, but whatever. Yeah. I will say that I do enjoy this album a lot, but I kind of tend to enjoy listening to the album in its entirety. And if you do that with this album, it kind of bleeds together a little bit, which like if you were to just take each track and like listen to one track per day, it's it, you, <laughs> would, you wouldn't get that <laughs> that feeling. But if you listen to the whole thing, it's kind of, yeah. That's interesting. And to me, that's a little bit, I don't know if dangerous is the word, but this whole album is only 38 minutes long. Yeah. And so it's not like it wears out its welcome on pure length. No. But if you're suggesting that it kind of wears out its welcome on similarity, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. But I don't know. I have to agree. I have to agree with that because there's songs that just sound the same that that are not strong songs that yeah. they, they all kind of have that high pitch harmony like uh, who needs friends either you want it mad visions. Those are all kind of the same songs to me mm. and even kind of limbo. Yeah, I did want to make one quick uh, note about uh, track four: who needs friends. That sounded sounded to me like a less hype version of Big Tings, because <laughs> it had it had a lot of the uh, same percussion sounds as Big Tings. <laughs> I'm listening to it right now, so that I can. I mean, I love it though. Is there is is there some uh, cowbell in here that I missed? It's it's kind of towards the middle of the song, yeah. Yeah, there is. So the other thing I had to ask you, Casey, as a, as a classic rock person, what did you think of when you heard the final track, All We Have Is Now? Um, I don't know about you. I totally got a Floyd vibe from that song. Hmm. Yeah, honestly, I could see that now that you mention it. But what I was going to say is the, the thing that I got from that track with it being the last track and the most completely different sounding track on the album because <laughs> you're you're listening and then boilermaker hits at track eight and you're like all right that that's a great that's a great track and then all we have is now hits and it's the soft piano <laughs> ballad more or less and it's like yeah. whoa whoa it's where did it's this come from and, <laughs> yeah it's a piano track it's slower his his voice is kind of like faded fading back in the mix and kind of like like dreamy or something rather than yeah you know his the way it was in the rest of the album yeah it's that classic thing of of ending your album on on the softest most different sounding track yeah heard bands do that for years and years yeah chevelle just did it didn't they chevelle has almost always done it yeah at least in the first like half of their career like they always end it with like an acoustic and so is there a song that you guys that we have mentioned that that you really like one reason why i ask is because one of my favorite songs in this, the singles are all good. You know, Trouble's Coming, Typhoon. I mentioned Million and One. Uh, it's probably like what the song I would have released. But one of my favorite songs is Hold On, uh, track 10 on this. And and it's actually like my whole family's favorite song because like every time it starts playing, the boys are like, what song is this? What's the song called? <laughs> it's a song called Hold On. <laughs> Something I'm telling you guys all the time. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's it's a really good song. It, it's it, it kind of I don't know if it sounds familiar like a different song, but it, it does have like some kind of familiarity to it. I can't quite I, I couldn't quite place it, but it just sounds really familiar to me. I would a comparison that I've 
that I would that I want to make here. Maybe it's I don't know if it's too on the nose, but both the sound of this album and then just the trajectory of Royal Blood is feels similar to Muse to me. Yes, another British band. Because for one, Muse also started out being much more rock riffier and then got more electronic as they went. Not necessarily like dance rock per se, but they did a lot more weirder electronic stuff as they went on. Yes. And Hold On definitely has that falsetto that sounds like kind of like Matt Bellamy. Mm-hmm. It's not the only track on the album, I, I think, that does, but... Yeah, it also kind of had that uh, Nothing But Thieves kind of vibe to me as well. That's a good comparison. I like that one. I know last year Dan said that Nothing But Thieves... Casey really liked it. Dan said it was just too pop for him. I feel mm-hmm. like Royal Blood is kind of right in the middle. Like yes. It's not yeah. quite to that level, but they're moving in that way. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with you there. Yeah. I think if they continue down that path, I might not be a fan as much of a that's, fan as I am now. That's what I was going to bring up because it's it was great. <laughs> it was great that you brought up Muse because I kind of yes. I kind of felt that way with their previous release, um, uh, Simulation Theory or whatever it is. Yeah, Simulation Theory. Yeah, because that that was just straight up like an '80s soundtrack Tron type of album. Which yeah, I won't say that Royal Blood went that far, but they they definitely are on that uh, that path. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that they don't, unless. So here's my thing with Royal Blood: these guys have riffs for days. Yeah, and they're fantastic. There's a few of those bands in history that are just known for like those guys somehow keep coming up with licks. I would say like in the nineties, like collective soul was a big one for that. Mm-hmm. Like they just, they always had the catchiest electric guitar r- uh, riffs mm-hmm. and these guys do that well. And if they've still got some of those in the tank somewhere, I want to hear more of that. I don't want to, I don't want to hear them start going down the, the muse electronic route too much. I'm fine with this mix right here. As long as it doesn't go too much further in that direction. Cause these guys, their guitar riffs with their bass guitar are their strongest suit in my opinion. You don't want them to go down the uh, collective soul path of youth. Well, the collective soul dropped off as well after a while, but, <laughs> but even to this day, if you listen to their newer albums, you'll still find a couple of, of bangers on there in terms of, yeah. in terms of that, that guitar lick they're fewer and farther between, but they're still there. Mm-hmm. So we've made some interesting comparisons here. We've compared in some way or another compared these guys to muse uh, finger 11 the finger 11 one is humorous to me. Like, I feel like we kind of say that almost as an insult, like paralyzer. I don't mean it as an insult. Okay. Yeah, okay. As an insult either. Okay. Maybe it's just me. Like that got tired. So, so tired of paralyzer that I never liked. Well, that's, finger 11 again. that's why that's, that's why that comparison is funny to me on this album. Cause a lot of the tracks sounded like that. Okay. Well, we just don't want them to go that same route to where we burn out on them like like I like I did with Paralyzer, I tell you. Well, and the same thing with like 21 Pilots as well. Like they kind of go sw- on. They kind of switch directions uh as their career has gone on and we're kind of afraid of their uh their latest album that's to be released cuz what we've heard off of it so far is not that great. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't out know. and I haven't listened to it and I don't care to. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, I I don't uh, I don't know if it's just a, a trend with certain rock music or maybe it's just I, I mean I don't know, but like yeah, I do agree. There's there's a lot of bands that are like just making that 
turn or that that transition to pop, like full on pop. And I truly believe that that's what 21 Pilots is. But although I will say that after seeing them live, I could have told you that was going to happen. Right. Uh, right. Because right. their whole show was designed to please the 14 year old girl fan. Right. That that that's all that 21 Pilots did. And so, yeah, you know, and I uh, did real quick. Did we see Royal Blood live? Didn't we see them at like a point fest or something? I don't remember. I, I feel like I've seen this band live. I have not, and I I feel I would have remembered it if I had. <laughs> I feel like you would have remembered it if you had as well. So I, I do. I feel like, like I, I feel like I remember him playing piano on stage. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember seeing them, but that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that you haven't. Speaking of of two man bands that we that we saw on stage that. Uh, that was memorable. I don't know if we've told this story here or not, but do you guys remember the middle-class rut performance at point fest that one year? Yeah. They were, they were on the main stage, which it was arguable that they should have been on a side stage at that point in their career. Um, They were not for whatever reason, they were not getting over very well, even though they, they have good songs, but um, and then within that time, they made the comment something to the effect of how the crowd in Kansas City yeah. was better. <laughs> At which point, all of St. Louis completely turned on them. <laughs> they were done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they came back to Point Fest the next year and played again. And they got a much better reception and they, they did not at all mention anything insulting like what they did the year before. <laughs> so hopefully they learned their lesson. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, I believe they were the first band to perform on the main stage. Like, they were before the uh, the main acts were going on. So that's right. al- that's always a a not great spot because people are walking to their spot on the lawn and getting in their seats, and not a they, whole they, lot, not a whole lot of crowd is is fully there yet. They're the transition band, yeah, yeah, and so it just didn't work out very well for them. I think I keep getting this band confused with Brooke Royal. Because we did see Brooke Royal on stage in 2018 when Alice in Chains and Shinedown headlined. Yes, that sounds more accurate. Now I'm I'm, I'm maybe it's just a name thing. I think it's just just the word Royal in there because Brooke Royal is yeah. five guys. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and they are a local band. They're, well, they're, they're from local. St. Louis anyway. Yeah. Fun fact for listeners: Brooke Royal wrote a blues St. Louis blues theme song. Yeah. Yes before we actually won the cup. So, you know, they that's dedication, Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> they were promoting a team that had not won a cup ever. <laughs> Can I pull it back here to the to the the whole like pop direction of things? Yeah. And because I, I think well I mean if for one, this is kind of a recurring motif of a little bit of us and really almost any rock podcast or show you listen to is that, you know, popular music at this point is much more like hip hop, electronic, um, key kind of related, uh, synths and stuff like that. And it's very normal. I feel like trajectory for bands to head that direction or some of them to just start that way. Like for me, you know, it used to be cool to hate on Nickelback. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, the band to hate on has become Imagine Dragons because (laughs) I can't stand that band, but personal taste aside, they, I feel like, are like pretty much the poster child for what a quote rock band is on rock radio, and they, I feel like, barely qualify as a rock band. 
I agree with that. And I, yeah, I think that's kind of been our, our, our reason why we use 21 pilots as, as our, our goats, just because yeah. it's the same thing. I, I, I feel exactly the same way about them. I don't think I would have ever called 21 pilots a rock band to begin with. And I don't think they ever tried to be or wanted to be. They were always more on like the hip hop pop side. I, I always called them hip hop. Yeah, but them still getting played. I'm pretty sure they still get played on rock radio stations. Though. Oh, so they it's do. like this weird, like like rock stations have become pop rock stations. And so not that Royal Blood is in a it's, sure. It's definitely not like doesn't seem like a desperation thing. Like this is clearly not a band that's like, oh, no, if we don't do that, nobody's going to listen to us like they're big and they are still good. Uh, it's, this seems like an experiment, but I think there are a lot of bands that make that transition to make that crossover. Yeah. Um, for that reason, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And the whole alternative scene, especially in St. Louis, like with the point, their format has completely changed over the last five years to the yeah. point, to the point where it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think, I think I that's meaning to give them trouble. I think that's radio trying to do whatever it can just to survive at this point. I mean, that's true. They're now that almost all cars are coming equipped with uh, Bluetooth technology to where it automatically connects to your phone. Like people don't even have to think about it. They're not listening to radio anymore. Right. Nobody listens to that crap because all you hear is advertisements and shit or people talking. That's true. Stupid shit too. And it's not even, it's not even a place where you are going to discover new stuff very much. Like I, so put it, I'll put it this way. I pretty much only listen to radio whenever I come to St. Louis. When I'm in Chicago, I'm listening to CDs from the library or podcasts, <laughs> yeah. weirdly enough. I would figure that, that Chicago had better radio stations than St. Louis. Um, Maybe, maybe not. The thing about St. Louis is like when I come down and I listen to the point, we're just going to say it like <laughs> it literally is at least 50 percent commercials. I swear is what it sounds like. And then like, I'll go like 10 full minutes without hearing a song. And then when you do hear the songs, it's the same 20 or so yeah. all week. Unless it's a way back thing. Yeah. 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 Which is, is better. But you know, if you want to hear new music, like those customized playlists that the streaming services stuff put out or that you see promoted on Amazon or whatever, like radio's not even a great way to discover new music lately, except for maybe like, a lot of those channels have like a, an hour or two, like on a Sunday night or like us, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a couple hours a week where it's like, here's some fresh stuff. Or, you know, it's the new Imagine Dragons or 21 Pilots, those bands that are already in and you're <laughs> yeah. going to hear them no matter what. <laughs> yeah, because like speaking of that, I don't and I can almost guarantee you right now, you probably cannot find the new Ruthless, song, new non-point Ruthless song on St. Louis Radio. I can, I can almost fucking guarantee you it's not on St. Louis Radio. If it is, it's no. going to be on the Viper, and yes. and I, I wouldn't right. even promise that. Yeah, or on yeah, our so show, I mean, or on our it, <laughs> will, it will be will on, be our, on show. our show. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we will play the crap out of Ruthless and and whatever else Nonpoint puts out there. Exactly, and and we'll play those liners, <laughs> which I hope anybody who is listening listened to part two of the Nonpoint interview and the the tail end of it. Because there was a fun little bit there that's worth your time. I don't know if people listen past the Screen Dread outro credits yeah. on our episodes or not, because I've <laughs> never made a big deal out of it. But almost every episode has some type of little gag after it. 
Yeah. So if you didn't know that, go back and listen to everything again. We would love for that for you to do that. <laughs> we try to be the the marvel of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, That's only right. you don't have to go through six uh, minutes of credits to to see something. Yep. There's only three people making this show, and there's, <laughs> and there's no continuity or or point to it other than it's just fun. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, liners liners are great, and so. <laughs> But I don't know. I was just just I'm just thinking about like the direction of of this band Royal Blood and and how the direction of music in general. Yeah. And I feel like these guys are are probably destined to have some pretty decent longevity, especially if they keep evolving. You know, because another person that we could even throw in there that we've been following and huge fans of for the last couple of years is grandson. Yeah. I mean, hmm. to an extent, you know, he's just starting out. But like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like his his album was more poppy sounding or at least oriented towards that audience as opposed to like the previous stuff he's put out. Yeah. Agreed. I think grandson does a better job of seeming like a genuine style mixing artist. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't feel like he is contrived or like created for radio to me, but he, he seems to genuinely appreciate um, like a lot of different styles of music and be able to have a sound that could be played on any number of styles of radio station um, without it seeming forced. Like actually, if you like his Twitter um, actually earlier, a couple days ago, sometime within the last couple days of us recording this, he shared a post and it was a whole bunch of artists that he was listening to. And I looked through it and it was like, it was like seven or eight artists and every one of them that I knew about, I didn't know all of them. Every one of them that I knew about was a different genre including some rock ones. And so I don't know. He's, he's the guy I can appreciate in terms of his way of meshing styles and, and being like pop accessible, but also having depth to him. Yeah. It's not fluff music, you know? Well, the one thing with grandson is he definitely puts a lot of thought into what he's doing at all times. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't saying it was bad. The direction he's going. I'm just saying that if you would compare it to the beginning of his works, I think he's definitely kind of, broadened his horizons or at least trying to expand his sound so more people would would enjoy him i guess yeah yeah he he's a person i think did it in a in a way that wasn't disingenuous i think that's what i was trying to say i think it seems natural or yeah. it didn't necessarily change his sound to where you can like pick out a song and be like oh that's definitely a newer song or something you know i mean like yeah you know, right kinda, right right still has the same sound but like you you know you could pick a song off this out this royal blood album and know that it's from typhoons because that guitar that dance rock kind of beat Right. That's true. Exactly. Bass guitar. Casey put it well with, uh, you know, the dials. The last couple were definitely more on like that the, blues, the riff. like bluesy riff rock. Yeah. And then this one definitely has more beats involved. They will be so much fun to see live. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to look up when and where they are coming around. I don't know if they'll be in the States soon. I was going to say they'll probably be in the UK for a long time first. Most likely, yeah, um, where they can make more money. Let me look it up. Let me look it up real quick. They'll um, be hitting up Wembley Stadium like twelve times. <laughs> I want to note that they they've released um the, so the cover art of this. If you look, it's kind of like a pink and then like a I don't know a turquoise kind of teal yeah. or something. Yep. Um, they've released vinyls of both of those that are both of those colors, and they are they're pretty interesting. Nice. I just want to point that out. And then they also released a vinyl that actually has like the design the from design the cover logo. Okay. on, on the vinyl itself. Well, that's cool. Which I think is, is kind of cool too. Yeah. 
I just I appreciate bands that make um, creative vinyl. <laughs> it's really funny that like, you know, people still collect vinyl and then like you guys give me crap for still buying CDs. It's the same fucking <laughs> thing, okay? I don't. <laughs> They're the vinyl of my time. It's it's right? it's a little yeah, different. Yeah. I'm not really giving you trouble though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I put the uh, the new Pop Evil in my in my um, my shopping cart mm-hmm. <laughs> as a CD. And they were like trying to charge me for what was like what seemed like a double disc price. I'm like, this this is way the fuck too expensive. <laughs> so Pop Evil is not getting I am not getting Pop Evil CD because I'm not fucking paying twice as much for a CD. Did you mean so, vinyl like, question mark? No, <laughs> vinyl, no, get this. So the digital is 10 bucks. The CD is 24. The vinyl is 45 fucking dollars. Wow. Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, it has a crazy ass cover. It looks awesome, but I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is a total side sidetrack. Now we've gone on a couple of little tangents here, but I kind of enjoy it to be honest. Yeah. I have no idea what's happening on the cover of the pop evil album. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's some type of weird, like, squid skeleton monster things. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest drawing. <laughs> um, and we'll probably talk more about this album at, in a later episode. But uh, I have heard it once and said that it was it was quality times. This is not actually a band I paid much attention to. But Dan introduced us to a, a, a couple of fun songs the other day. Introduced me to it. Casey probably already knew him. Yeah. Well, and, you know, <laughs> we're, we're talking about kind of poppy stuff, too. And I think that this, this is kind of relevant to that because, like, this band they're exactly as advertised like their name they're pop metal that's exactly what this band is it's what they've always been yeah um, and so yeah I, I i think it's kind of funny you know we've been talking about bands kind of making that transition towards pop or at least broadening their sound to to reach more audiences and and this is a band that i think that's always done that from the beginning and just kind of found their niche and you know call it as call it as they see it obviously <laughs> um so yeah I, I agree i hope that we do get a chance to talk about that album a little bit later um, because we have a little bit more to, to say about them as we were joking around. It's like one of the prettiest bands ever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about them being pretty. So final question for you guys talking about, about pop evil, that those terms and then troubles coming here. So I want to know from you guys, a prediction for the future on Royal blood, the sound of this album, not, notwithstanding, it sounds like we generally, you know, enjoy it. Do you think it is a sign of trouble to come for the band, or do you think that their next album will be just as enjoyable? My personal direction that I would like is I would like the, them to go more on the riffy end of the dial than the the dancey end. But if they if they decide to go in the same trajectory as their as this Typhoon's album suggests, they'll be all right. They'll they they still they still put put out great music. It's just what they've put out in the past is my preferred sound for this band. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I would much rather have them go back to their sound from, you know, how do we get so dark where it's a lot more riff based, but I I will still be okay. And I'll probably still check out, you know, their, their continuing albums. I will say if they continue down this path and continue to kind of more, you know, become more and more poppy to the style of like almost imagine dragons. I, I don't know if I would remain a fan at that point, but, um, I, you know, I'll still continue to check this band out for the in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it before, how it's a little bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't, like in terms of like evolving as a band. Like if they forever just made blues riff albums. Yeah, it, it would get old after a while for most 
for most listeners. But um, so I think my thought would my hope for them would be um, that they that they keep the dance element there, but turn it down like a notch or two on the next one. So that like as Casey mentioned, like that balance of riff versus electronics goes a little back in the other direction. Well, here, let, let me let me kind of put it this way. So if you were to chop up all three of their albums and arrange mm -hmm. them, arrange them into three albums combined, like kind of pick and choose tracks to create three albums, I feel like that would be a, a kind of a good balance for, for this band overall. Okay. So I hope that like that's what they do. Like, oh, we'll we'll do a couple of dance tracks. We'll do a couple of awesome riff tracks. We'll have this awesome solo here. And <laughs> yeah, I think that would make. I agree fully. That would make for a, a spectacular album. All their albums are 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 good stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to make it sound like because we're saying that that we're insulting them because we're not. This is an album that's going to almost certainly make our top twenty. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, I would say. So quality work from these guys. We are enjoying it. I'm probably going to play Boilermaker another time or two before, before you I go call to it bed. a night so I can <laughs> you know, jam out a little bit more. Um, unless, as Dan said, it is, in fact, too catchy. I have had some songs that I hear them and then they stay in my head for a week and it literally drives me almost to the verge of insanity. And so <laughs> yep. I hope Boilermaker's not one of them. <laughs> hey, I want to do a sell on this one because we haven't straight up done a little sell for a while i want to encourage anybody who is listening if you enjoyed what you hear you'll hear this again in the skin dread outro but nonetheless if you enjoy what you hear we would greatly appreciate a review and a rating on uh apple music or Podchaser. and you can interact with us on the internets at itchrocks.com and on facebook twitter and now instagram <laughs> if which i pick your poison honestly um <laughs> well, don't pick instagram because <laughs> That's the least that's the least viewed of the three. Well, we want to we want to fix the balance a little bit. I'd like to get away from Facebook because I kind of hate Facebook, but uh, Instagram <laughs> seems the least toxic. And so but it also involves me having to create art every time we do one. That's why yeah. we're only doing like one or two a week. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're not doing we're not doing selfies to promote ourselves on Instagram. Not yet. Not until Dan's <laughs> dreads come in. Just start get my yeah, start doing the weekly picture of my beard. I need that's what we need. He's gonna do beard updates. That will probably get huge, get a huge audience. Just that. Just the beard. Yeah, that that would be the difference. If we get a beard oil sponsorship, then we'll be we'll be on Instagram all all the time. <laughs> if you are a beard oil company, hit us up. We want to talk. We want to use your product and shill it, and <laughs> tell everyone because how awesome it is, and then be pretty. We want to avoid the itch with your beard oil. That's right. Listen to the itch. Don't have the itch exactly <laughs> the itch is only for listening see we can come up with taglines we'll sell this we'll sell the crap out of this <laughs> uh, beard oil plus we all have the face that requires beard oil that's right <laughs> we're gentlemen who are capable of quality beers and we need your product to help make it better for free i wouldn't go so far to say as long as quality but it's it's something <laughs> yours is on the way it's i've there. been proud of proud of my facial hair for a while <laughs> Even though I usually keep it at mostly stubble. <laughs> you fight it. If somebody gives us beard oil, I'll grow a beard to use the oil. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a total schmuck. I'm not going to to advertise a product I don't approve of. So It's approved. 
It's approved beard oil. It's approved, yep. All right. It's approved <laughs> so you don't itch. That's right. <laughs> All right. This has been a wacky episode. A lot of fun though. I think I think we did justice by this band while covering a lot of miscellaneous side topics. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, enjoy Beard Oil. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Royal Royal blood. Blood.